All right, we are live, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are in the building. The virtual stage is set because we have Andy. Hope I got this right, Cabasso. Is that right? Is yeah, right? you got it. Great, <laughs> right? <laughs> we are both East Coasters, so this is great. We got some some um, some ties to Boston as well. So this is uh, going to be very very interesting um, with some some. Inc- Maybe so. I'm, I'm not sure. Our accents might be there already. So, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> my heart is there. Maybe. But um, he is here to help us help you make your business. Should I say make your business stand out in a crowded industry? Is that correct, sir? Um, I thought we were going to be talking about uh, this new timeshare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, that, we can do that too because I don't want to get rid of mine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about making your business stand out in a crowded industry. That'll be fun. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. We shall see what he can do for us today on this episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, and we are back on the virtual stage. This is the Authority Project. You are the project. You want to slap authority to your name so you can sell more of what you're great at. And we are honored to have Mr. Andy Gabasso here. Um, just going to give us the straight talk, the real deal talk about how to stand out in a crowded industry. And we got a lot to talk about here. So before we do, but before we do anything, please tell us, first of all, Andy, who you are personally and then professionally. Personally. Oh man, that's, <laughs> there's so much to unpack there. All right. Um, well, let's start with professionally. Personally, um, I don't know. Personally, I am a fan of pub trivia and okay. in the last year I have been unable to win any in-person trivia contests. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, uh, we've been doing some zoom trivia, uh, oh, the last few months, nice. not quite as exciting as the actual tension you get from, uh, being in person at a pub right. and the person next to you is you're like convinced looking on their phone for the answers. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) uh, professionally, let's talk about that. Uh, I, uh, years ago, I started a digital marketing agency. It was very successful. I grew it, uh, and then sold it. And, uh, now I'm in the space of, uh, basically digital marketing software. Uh, my company is called Postaga, P-O-S-T-A-G-A, and it helps you with, uh, link building and outreach to help you better promote your business, promote your content, uh, do PR outreach and get press coverage and basically get your help, help you grow your business and get more traffic online. All right. Great. That is awesome. Now we, we just covered the second question, which was what's your current project? We know what, what that is already. So we, we got two, two for one there. So let's, let's, let's do a little wrinkle here. Um, that I, that I want to, I'm very interested. I'm sure everybody else is as well, as well. What is your 
daily routine? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll wake up somewhere between 5 and 6.30 in the morning, depending on when my uh, toddler child uh, decides that we're going to wake up. Um, either her or the cat is the one who wakes us up. <laughs> it's a it's a mixed bag. Every day is different. Um, uh, right. Then after after we're up, after we're done watching some of Izzy's Koala World or Sesame Street, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll try and get my workday started. Um, kind of answering the inbox, uh, dressing sales, dressing uh, any support tickets and stuff like that. Um, I focus a lot of my day on uh, marketing, sales, and operations for the business, while uh, my co-founder uh, works more on the technical and development side. Um, so every day is kind of different. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. lately, uh, doing a bunch of podcasts. So this, yeah, this has been fun. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to dive right in. Now that we, we, got that good, we got that out the way. So let's start in, you know, every space is crowded. There's always going to be competitors, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let's let's start in the place where we have this idea, we have this product, and we're going to assume we got a little little bit of attraction, little little bit of traction going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some some a little bit of proof of concept. So, what are you looking for marketing wise to stand out? Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Yeah. So. From my background, uh, my agency was focused on, on my previously in my previous business. I had an agency that was focused on this niche of lawyers. So marketing for law firms and web design is a very crowded field. There are, I don't know, yeah. millions of web designers out there. Also right. many web design agencies focusing on that niche of lawyers. So how can one stand out and be different? Um, one thing, I guess uh, there are a few things to talk about here. One thing was that really gave me a lot of ideas in terms of how to help us stand, stand out was by really spending as much time listening to our ideal clients. So I had friends who were lawyers. I, uh, I myself went to law school. And so that kind of actually got me interested in this niche, uh, so I would speak with lawyers and learn about what they were dealing with and in particular where their heads were at when they were at the stage of being ready to buy a website or hire a web design agency. Okay. And so learning from that helped give me ideas for marketing, give me ideas for what type of content to create. And that really helped us stand out. So you could create content that is very bottom of funnel, you know, geared towards people who are in the market to buy whatever product or service you have. And if you can get that traffic, that's great because then you can connect with people who are looking for your product or service, but that can be particularly competitive. And also it's a very small, relatively amount of people maybe looking for your product as compared to a larger market, maybe uh, more middle or top of funnel will say who are not in the market for buying your product or services today but eventually could be so what i was what i was trying to get uh from uh from understanding my ideal client was you know if they wouldn't be my customer today but could be a customer of mine a month from now two months from now a year from now what kind of things were they looking for online and i what could i create content wise to get them 
in my sphere um, so I could build a relationship with them, build that trust. And so when they would be in the market for my product, okay. they I would be the first person they went to. And so like as an example, I found that a lot of new law firms were looking for software for helping them manage their cases or software for helping them track their time. And there are specific apps for law, law firms that this was helpful for that, that this existed. So I wrote content around that. So like, which is the best practice management software, which is the best time tracking software for lawyers. And we, there's a lot more people searching for that than there are people searching for lawyer website design or something like that, okay. something specific. So okay. reaching that top of funnel audience got people in our ecosystem, got, I got them on my mailing list. I would create, uh, these things to call uh, lead magnets. So basically downloadable PDFs and guides and things like that, comparison charts, so that people would give me their email address, they'd get on my list, and they would get emails from me weekly uh, just about what content I've been writing. And then maybe a month or more down the line, potentially, they'd reach out to me saying, hey, I've been getting your emails and I'm finally ready to hire a marketing company. And I love everything that you've been saying and I trust you and I want to hire you. And that had a re that was like a really big impact that really built over time, especially. Okay. So, so you're not following. The, I mean, there's, there's an aspect of the marketing industry. We'll say, we'll say, and uh, we'll say, Hey, look at your competitor and follow what they're doing because what they're doing, they've already been successful at it. So why don't you just do, just copy it? Cause I, I've, I've said that myself. So, so, <laughs> I, so, so model what, what works in, I, in going I, from I get that because I've, I feel like it's a trap in some ways because okay. you don't know if your competitors marketing channels are successful. You may see them advertising, um, but you don't know if they're converting. Uh, you may see them, they may be experimenting with things as well as you are. And there's no, like not, much of a way for you to tell if that's converting into getting them paying clients. So while I have been mindful of that in the past, I try not, not to give it so much weight that that's going to dictate how I do things because allowing me to have my own path with marketing is going to let me see what's going to work for me, which may be different from what the competitor is doing. And if it's something that a competitor isn't doing, I'm charting new water here and potentially finding something that they have not seen or, or missed. Okay. So let me, let me dive a little deeper. And, and, and if I, I just want to get to the point where you're trying to figure out what people want, what your customer mm -hmm. wants. Yeah. So, so how are you getting out there and getting to that outreach where you're actually finding exactly what this customer, what this, what this target core customer that you want to help what they actually want. Mm -hmm. So I did that through a lot of, well, a lot of my sales calls. So I would, I'd be trying to, you know, pitch my product to the customer, a potential customer. And I ask a lot of open questions. I want to know more about where they're at and, this is research for me too, because sometimes people will, uh, in these sales calls, like give me, like give me ideas for content, 
uh, based on like problems that I'm hearing or I'm like, hearing recurring things. Like uh, a, a law firm is saying, yeah, I, I, I've been, I've been with a bunch of different marketing agencies and they all locked me into this year long contract and I hate it. And so, <laughs> and I would hear that a lot. So then I would write a piece of content about uh, why you should never have a, a marketing firm that has a year long contract or something like that. And then we would rank, rank for that. And people would find us and say, yeah, you're right. I had this exact same problem too. And that, Turns out that it would resonate with more people. But when I would be on like sales calls with, with people, I would, I'd ask, aside from me, like the goal being me trying to sell them something, I would take a lot of time to learn as much about them as I possibly could. Um, and I found that generally they're excited and willing to share about what's going on in their lives because maybe you have a recommendation. Maybe, you know, you're like the mm-hmm. fact that you're listening and asking them questions is probably different than a lot of other sales type pitches that people have been in where they're basically leading, giving you a series of leading questions to the end result of you, of them trying to pitch you to buy their product. But yeah. taking it like taking a very open approach and like asking them about their business first and trying to learn more about that to even see if you'd be a good fit, uh, it was is a great resource for getting more ideas. Another thing was, in my experience, was uh, in the before times, going to like trade <laughs> yeah. shows and events, and okay. I'd be able to speak with uh, attendees um, who were potential customers as well, and like learn about what's going on in their lives. And that was a much more informal environment, and so I could get. Uh, get a better pulse on kind of the things that my potential customers are concerned about. Now, now did you follow like a, a, a script that you kind of landed, landed, landed on after a while of, of questioning? Yeah, for, for, well, for sales, like for a sales script, yes. Yeah. So first I would, um, first I'd ask, you know, like about their business, like, you know, hey, uh, uh, happy to talk with you and, yeah. uh, uh, first, you know, before we get into this, like, tell me a little bit about your business. And right. I, I, I would, I, they would tell me like, oh yeah, well, I'm starting a new firm or I'm leaving my, my current firm to start my own firm. Or, you know, I have a uh, reason I'm reaching out is because I have an out of date website and need a new one. And so I would then like ask, like listen closely and then ask follow up questions. Uh, right. it's, I want to underline the word listen here because so many people are, uh, in sales are just, like focused on the end result and not at all on the process that they can skip over or gloss over uh, something important that your prospective customer is telling you. So once I, you know, once they'd be telling me about their business, uh, I'd, I'd have a risk. Uh, I'd then like, as I'm trying to narrow, like narrow down the sale, uh, try and like figure out uh, what their needs are because like with digital marketing, and law firms in particular, I was finding that more often than not, my customers were falling into one of two buckets. Uh, either A, they uh, really just wanted a website to be their online business card, or B, they wanted to get more leads and more traffic and needed like an ongoing marketing package. So then I would ask them, you know, which of these do you think you fall, like categories do you fall into if you had to? Um, and from there, I could then tailor my, the rest, like a discussion towards ideas in that realm and tell them, like, because my follow up is going to be different based on what their ultimate goals are. Um, so awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, I, and I want people to understand that these scenarios do, do happen. I, I, you, you got me thinking about 
when I was getting my car 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 um, worked on for my brakes and my rotors, mm-hmm. I was I was in the um, the office and the guy was like, the guy was on, on his phone with this with this. I guess this guy was had some some kind of recurring service that he wanted to get to get yeah. off. He was like, yeah, just take it off, take it off. And it's like and he slammed slammed the phone down. Like he was like really upset that he was still getting charged. So people are are open to changing to a different service to a different company. So uh, I, I like how you I, I like how you're saying that you know just because somebody's is with somebody doesn't mean that they won't change. <laughs> right, uh, and because I, I, one thing I found out was like a lot of people maybe six months into their year long contract and they would call me and say, "Listen, I can't hire you today. I have six months left in this contract, but I hate the service. I'm not right. happy with it, and I will be leaving. So hang on for six months. Nice. But I'm glad that I connected with you today, and I'm glad that I know more about your business as an option. Awesome, I love that. So. So let's let's dive into how important you think it is for content marketing, and I guess mm. I guess in, you're going to probably say something about linking to other sites <laughs> as well <laughs> um, for your success in in getting 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 the word out on your, on yeah. your new product. So the the landscape with search marketing and content is getting increasingly competitive. Yeah. Uh, every day, it's getting more competitive. And one thing I experienced doing digital marketing and SEO for not only my own website, but also my clients was that, uh, one thing that like it, 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 I would explain to new customers when they'd sign on and they'd say like, okay, well, can I hire you for SEO for six months? And then you'll get me to the top of Google and that'll be it. And then I can <laughs> never do SEO again. Uh, the thing I would try to express is that whenever you increase your position in Google, and whenever you take the top spot in Google search results, you're knocking someone else off their pedestal. You don't exist in a vacuum. You, it's not just you in position one. It's you getting to position one and knocking someone else down to position two. And so you are actively competing for this. And one thing, and one thing that a lot of websites are, are doing to better compete is getting other websites to link to their content. So the, the reason they, they do this is because uh, Google's search algorithm has many different factors, many different things that affect what your ranking is for a given web page and in a given keyword search or anything like that. But one of the most consistent things and like highest correlations, since Google doesn't outright tell us this is what you need to rank higher. The, <laughs> the, like what the most significant right. correlation is the more relevant quality links that point to your website and to your articles, the better you will show up in search results. So what uh, my product does and what I try to tell people to do is focus on like not just publishing content, but doing outreach to other websites that could be able to link to your content. There are a number of different strategies that people use to do this um, from finding other articles that like list, like here's a hundred resources on whatever topic uh, and reaching out to that website and saying, Hey, I saw that you uh, listed a hundred different links to other websites. Can you also link to add me to that list? Mm-hmm. Something as simple as that mm-hmm. to something as, more uh more skill intensive as finding a top ranking article 
finding the websites that link to that article and then reaching out to those websites and asking them to switch the, their link from that other website to linking to your website. And that's a, that's called the skyscraper technique. And it's a very popular link building method for, uh, digital marketers. I, I love it. I hope I hope this isn't, isn't getting over some. I don't want to get too in the right, weeds. Right, too I don't want to get too in the weeds, but <laughs> basically, right, the, right. the broad idea is that uh, what you should be doing is not just publishing content on your blog and hoping right. that you will improve your search rankings, but you need to do work after that blog post is published to make sure that other websites can find you and link to you. And one of the best ways to do that is to reach out to them directly. So uh, finding other websites, getting their contact information, and then sending them a basically a cold pitch email to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I published this article that might be relevant for you. Uh, Could you link to it? Uh, That's just the broad strokes of what it is. And uh, my uh, app, my product helps with that. This is awesome, guys. I'm watching. <laughs> this is the first person. This first person we really got up, got in here talking about SEO, you know, and linking, and and this is great. But if you just got that little part, that is as basic 101 of how to get that done. Don't just put up a blog because you're going to be like the millions and millions of blogs that are out there that die off after a month or two in existence because it's hard. But um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, most definitely. It's hard. It, it, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you this question too. Should I give you this question now or later? Let's, go, let's do a little later. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm in suspense now. Right, exactly. Um, what? So do you limit your marketing when you start to one platform? Is it just content marketing? Are you doing mm-hmm. social? Are you so, doing, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this... I I've, I find that you know marketers are all very different. Some are better at some platforms than others. I personally I find that uh, tooting my own horn, I'm pretty good at content marketing. I mm-hmm. write very well. Uh, I've been writing content for forever. But that being said, I am not particularly adept at social. Um, <laughs> I, I'm trying my best, but. <laughs> Like I and I know there are people that are very good at it. It's just not a strength I have. So with my with marketing, I say try and focus on your strengths and the things that are not your strengths. If you can outsource that, Um, but in terms of like getting a visibility in search engines, uh, content is definitely important. So blogs as well as video content, since YouTube is the number two search engine behind Google. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, you, you, you'll see this a lot. Like you'll have somebody who's like, who's really great on maybe like Facebook, but has nothing on YouTube, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or, or it'll be great on Instagram, but nothing else is going, is, is going on. Cause it's so difficult, even on one platform to get ahead mm-hmm. and, and do that. Or you might, you might have a great blog, but no, no social. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I have worked with plenty of people, like just throughout my career, worked with plenty of people who have, like are experts at one area. And we all may understand big picture or what you need to do to succeed in all of these channels. Yeah. But some people are just much better at executing on those channels. So let's talk about um, virtual summits. You said you had some success doing that. And how, yeah. how, how has that built up your authority in your space by using by doing this uh, using this medium 
Sure. So uh, for those not familiar with what a virtual summit is, a virtual summit is basically an online event over a day or a series of days. Uh, at it at its core, it could you could basically think of it of like a series of webinars uh, all around a central theme. Um, what and I started doing this to build my authority. Uh, I started doing these in 2016. Uh, we this is my my digital agency focusing on the legal space, and uh, my my partner and I were realizing okay, like we we are doing webinars, we are we are making contacts in in our space, and we're making partnerships. But what is what's another way that we could stand out? Um, so what we were thinking of, and what we ended up doing was we created this two day online event where we got speakers from all over our industry, each speaker who had their own audience and had their own audience that they could promote this to and bring in. And basically it was a two day online event with, uh, 16 to 20 speakers over, over the years we had like 16 speakers one year or 20 speakers the next. And that was definitely too many. Um, but basically they were like two full day events with many different sessions on topics that were interesting to our audience of lawyers. So we, I'd give a session on digital marketing for lawyers. Another speaker from another company would give a session on, uh, legal writing or legal writing tools or something like that. Someone else might give a session on uh, ethics or starting up a new firm. Someone else might give a session on uh, legal research. Uh, basically, like talks on the full gamut of things that would could be interesting to our ideal audience and our target okay. clients. And so this was something that we could, an event that we could promote to our potential customers. We could advertise to get new potential customers and get people on our list and in our pipeline. But we'd also have our speakers promote to their audiences. And uh, not only that, uh, it was a great uh, partnership building experience because I would reach out to people that I wanted to work with or wanted to either like be affiliates or a partnership with my company and inviting them to speak in front of this audience of a thousand people. They appreciated that. And it was very low, uh, like a low barrier for them to be involved because I wasn't asking them to fly to a a conference in New York if they're in Canada or, or fly to San Diego or something like that or Vegas or whatever, and have to like disrupt their week. I basically just needed an hour of their time to uh, put on this session and give this talk. And maybe they've given this talk before, so it wouldn't be that much of a challenge for them. And then they would be involved and, and be answering questions in the community and sharing this event with their audience. And it was very easy for them to do. So getting speakers was very easy and getting, uh, and, getting them to be potentially partners of my company was also a great opportunity. So there was a lot of benefits that we got from having the summit. Uh, now you probably like in the last six months uh, in particular, there've been a lot of other companies hosting mm-hmm. virtual summits because uh, in-person events are kind of gone for a while. Right. Uh, but it's, it's definitely a, a great opportunity, especially if no one in your industry is doing it right now. That doesn't mean, you shouldn't because no one's doing it. It just possibly means that you should be the first. And uh, 
that was uh, that was our situation. We were in 2016 when I did our first virtual summit. No one else in our space had done it, mm-hmm. and then since a bunch of other companies have. But it, overall, it was a great experience for us. We got new customers, got a ton of new leads, we built partnerships, and it also built our reputation in the space because now we were that company that held a virtual summit with a bunch of other big name companies. So we had we had companies that were like venture backed uh, and much larger than us, they were speakers at our event. And so we looked really good being <laughs> the ones that hosted this. Right. That's awesome. So, you know what? This is great. This is great. You've been getting exposure, but doesn't this get expensive? It's either, it's either just expensive or time consuming. So, 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 so how, do we, how do we balance all this out where... Yeah. We're, we're trying to, to, to get all this together, but we have so much of a budget, so much time to really make this work. I'll, I'll say that when I did it, it was not, it was not expensive, but it was very time consuming. In <laughs> hindsight, there, so the, I, I, I realistically spent a full month of my time putting this together. Um, with the knowledge that I have now and things I would do maybe differently, I could probably put it together a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, one thing I did was I pre-recorded all of the speaker sessions because, so I was the, I was basically the one person on my team putting this whole thing on and there would be no realistic way for me to manage the whole thing if I had live sessions back to back to back. So I, I recorded each speaker, uh, pre-recorded, uh, I'd edit their session. I'd put it on our, uh, on our, on the right page on our platform and, uh, like put that all together. Um, if I had, uh, like literally another person on my team, right. there's a way that I would, that I, I, I could do it live. Right. So yeah. there are plenty of like virtual summit softwares out there that didn't exist in 2016. When mm. I first did this, uh, platforms like, um, uh, Hey summit is a good example of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the founder there. He's great. Um, uh, shout out to Robert at <laughs> hey summit, but, uh, like there are these platforms that can help you organize and host a virtual summit where, Basically, you have a speaker, like they go, they give, they give their talk, you have Q and A, uh, then the next speaker goes and so on and so on and so on. And it's all very orderly and organized. And these platforms help you manage it because, because I didn't have a platform to help me manage it. It was basically me creating videos, uploading them to YouTube, uh, using my website and then building pages for every single event and having the email series for uh all of this it was a lot (laughs) right right and what about what about the content marketing aspect are are you are you doing i because i know some some people who are good at writing some people people aren't where they're actually you know they're paying for the writers to to do content for them Mm -hmm. um so so how does that work how how many pieces of content that you do you put out per day uh to to really stand out and get get in some traction and get on that first page Oh, um, <laughs> that there are a lot of people are going to give you different answers on yeah. what you should do. There are some blogs where they'll say, I write one really good piece of content a month yeah. and I do a lot of link building for that. 
and right. that gets me all my traffic. And so I can, I can have just a few good pieces of content and I'm a yeah. very good link builder and I don't need to have a ton more content. Okay. Then there are people who like publish several times a week. There are some people who publish once a week. Um, Personally, I try uh, and publish an article once, a, like a good article once a week and then do link building and promotion for it. Um, lately, I haven't had that much time, uh, but uh, that's just my personal preference. If I had more time, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely publish mm-hmm. as much as possible, but in part, not just publish for the quantity. I would, because I know a lot of people will publish, like they'll try and publish as many articles a week as they can and have like... <laughs> The articles be like 500 words of just platitudes of here are five tips for improving your LinkedIn profile. One, have a good picture Two, have a good summary. And it's like, oh, gosh. Right. Right. But like having something to say with like 1500 or more words to really get into the topic uh, I think is helpful and it's going to help you promote that content better because if you're content is broad and vague no one's going to want to link to it or or even link to it instead of a something else that they're already linking to because getting someone to change their link from another website to your website means that your content should be significantly better and in my experience that means that it has to be longer and more in depth and more mm-hmm. up to date gotcha gotcha all right so i got a couple more questions here before we get out of here uh how do you make yourself the voice of your business so that people will remember you in what you're what you've done mm-hmm. for people <laughs> in your audience i guess <laughs> so uh, i know different people have different strategies for it uh i try like so with with content i try and put my voice to it and i'm just i'm using the word voice again but what i try and do is I write, I personally write in a very conversational style where it's like, yeah, it's like you and I are having a conversation. I, I'll use short sentences. I will, uh, I, 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 I might, uh, like go super in depth into one, one area and like, and like you see a lot of maybe short sentences about something right. because uh, although now I'm maybe, maybe now I'm speaking very long winded, but I, right. I try and really get in depth to a topic and make it sound like, like as you're reading the text on the page, it's, it feels like I'm talking to you. Uh, and I've done video content as well. And like the same kind of thing, like, like the conversation that you and I are having now, when I write, I try and think of this content is directed towards one person in my head and what am I trying to express or convey to them? And when I read other people's articles, uh, I often get like in the back of my head, like, oh, who is this for? Okay. Um, so, mm-hmm. so when I, when I'm creating content, like, like I, I'm sure you've seen plot probably so much generic ghost written yeah. content where it's like, <laughs> just, it's so bland. Yeah. Uh, having your content, like having, emotion in your content being angry about something having an opinion is not bad yeah i'm like, angry that some of those some of, some of that content is unfolding you know, like how does this guy it's content anyway <laughs> yeah, and, and like you'll like you'll see because like 
There are some people whose blogs where you recognize their face, you recognize their avatar because you've okay. read their content or seen their videos over and over again. And so I try to make it so uh, when I am writing content, I want people to remember who wrote this so that I can be this authority that they'll come back to me and trust my writing. Um, and there is, uh, I don't think there's a good substitute for that. So, it, but, so if you want to like outsource, uh, and get someone's help for research or something with content, you can, but really try and say what's being said in a voice that speaks, that speaks to an individual in your audience. And that'll yeah. make a better connection and make people trust you more and trust what you have to say and uh, keep reading. Yeah. And I would do my own editing. If you're doing it that way too, do some editing where you can put your, so if, if, if the writer said it, said it one way, Put it in your own voice that you say that's not how I, that's not how I would say it. Mm-hmm. So edit. You have, you have the power of editing it too when you outsource as well. Yeah, and and some people have like definitely have like personality quirks. Let's say with their writing, there's some people who <laughs> who will swear in their writing, and that right. may be for them, or right. there you know um, uh, <laughs> there may be some like yeah uh, there are, there are definitely things you can do to make your content your own. Awesome. So I, I got a, I got a, one last question, which is kind of, in, kind of a coincidence, but, um, I, I, I had a, a, a post just a second ago asking about, you know, I had, you know, you have a great, you have a great idea. What do you do? So, so you have, you have a, an idea, like, in, you know, you're, you're doing software, you know, a lot of, a lot of software, you know, you, you're focusing on that now. Mm-hmm. How do you know you have a great idea? How do you know that? This is it. This is this is what I'm going to be doing, so that I can be be this 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 big thing yeah. in, in, the, in the industry before you even branch out to do that. Um, there are a lot of people who are, maybe who are better than me at answering this, but I'll just <laughs> stay from my experience. Yeah. Um, once, if I have an idea and I think it's a good idea, I, I don't want to start building it right away in case it doesn't resonate with, in case like there isn't really an audience for it. In particular, there, in case there isn't a paying audience that's willing to pay for it. Yeah. Um, this can be like whether you are trying to create a new idea or add a new feature to one of your products. Um, you may like get a lot of feedback that, oh, this would be great. This would be great. But the question is, is anyone willing to pay for it? And if someone is interested in it and like sees that you have a product, will adding this feature get you better retention or more paying users? So one thing I try and do with any like new idea is uh, ask around people that I might trust and like also do like cold outreach to people to try and get their feedback and be like, Hey, I have this idea. Does this, do you have, do you have a solution that you would already use to solve this problem? If not, if you hear this idea that I have, would you be willing to pay for it? And if so, how much? And do you think you would actually use it? Because that is the, the question that needs to be answered. Like you can have a lot of people saying, Oh yeah, that's a great idea. I, I love that idea. That's a great idea. But if no one's willing to pay for it, then uh, you have an idea that people are excited about, but it's not a business. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
I know that like, that can be a big trap for people. And so I've, I've seen some people do successful product launches where they, they maybe they have ads for like an idea, like the, they'll have, they'll, they'll do cold outreach to people and, and say like, show them a landing page with the idea for what their product will be. And people can either sign up to get on the list or prepay and pre-order the product for when it's live. Uh, but either way, there's some, buy-in or commitment there to actually see if people are willing to pay for this. Uh, and so that I think can really help you validate and see if this has any legs to it because awesome. we're going to have our biases, right? Like yeah. you're going to think like, this is, this is a great idea. Definitely right. people will pay for it. And right. then they don't. And you're like, all right, I don't have product market fit. What is happening here? Right. Right. <laughs> So that's that's awesome, man. I, I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you addressed that question um, like a pro. Loved it, <laughs> loved it. So I have one last question for you. Yeah. Um, enjoyed everything so far. Trust, trust me, this is amazing stuff, man. Amazing stuff. So here's a, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Actions of all of my guests it goes something like this: They hear you, they see you, they love you, what you're you know, the questions that you're answering. Um, they love the path that you're on. They have similar paths and goals as well, similar mm-hmm. interests, and they want to do what you're doing, Andy. They want to be like you, <laughs> okay. you and your partner, um, mm-hmm. and they want to they want to go into this field and 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 be an authority in the space. Can you can you show them, or just give them like one or two tips, or maybe just big one of how they can be an authority also in this space. Mm-hmm. So for me, my journey was definitely very content focused. And I would absolutely say that if you want to be an authority in your space, uh, content is the way to go. Uh, understand what your audience is interested in. Uh, do like try and do interviews with people who are good customers for you potentially or people that you want to connect with. Learn what problems they're having and create content that tries to answer the problems and solve those problems and address any questions that they have. Write it with a very thorough approach, trying to be the end-all, be-all answer for it. Have a very personal, conversational tone to it so you sound like a human. This way, people will look at this content that you've created and remember you as the person who wrote it and then hopefully follow you. And so over time, create uh, lead magnets, downloadables, getting people's email addresses and building a list. And so you're ultimately building an audience that's following you and seeing what you're doing. So even if you create many different products in the future, you have this built-in audience that trusts you and your voice and are going to be interested in whatever it is that you uh, have to offer. Um, beyond that, uh, I would one thing I would say that to myself from years ago when I was first getting started and trying to be an authority in the space is don't be so hard on yourself and watch out for this <laughs> sense of maybe an imposter syndrome yeah. where you're seeing, all right, there are all these other experts in the field. I'm new to the field, yet I'm trying to write an article as an authority. I just don't know that I have the 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 knowledge already to do that. Well, you can do the research 
and become an authority on a subject. Just because you don't have years and years of experience in a space doesn't mean you don't have any value or you can't do any, you can't do research and find out an answer. And so over time, as you are getting out there and creating content and doing the research, uh, you are going to become an authority and you are going to realize that you know more than you think. Um, and so try not to, uh, try not to get so down on yourself and like, <laughs> and like, and worried about what people are going to think and who this person is. Who are you who wrote this? And, uh, no one knows who you are because, uh, you are going to be your harshest critic. Um, and I very much wish for you that you just keep moving forward and maybe the first pieces of content that you create, the first blog post, the first videos, they're not going to be good, except that they're not going to be good. I hate the first articles that I ever wrote. Looking at some of the old SEO articles that I, I've written, I hate them. There, there's some information in there that's wrong, and I very much hope that no one looks them up. But I've learned more over time, I've gotten better over time, and I've built an audience and authority from the experience that I've gained and what I've been doing. And so I would just say, keep at it, keep growing, keep learning, keep being open to uh, new ideas, and just don't let uh, your inner monologue in particular try and hold you back. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. I love, I love all of that. <laughs> I love all of that. Hey, I hope we, uh, I'm definitely inspired. Hope, hope everybody was inspired by, by Andy today. Um, just incredible stuff. Tell people again where they can, can see what you have wrought, <laughs> what you have created, um, after the show. Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Uh, so my name is Andy Cabasso. I am very visible on the internet because there are no other Andy Cabasos. <laughs> uh, uh, my website is uh, postaga.com. That's P-O-S-T-A-G-A.com. It's a tool that helps you with link building and outreach to do promotion for your blog content, to get you press coverage for your products and ideas, and also get maybe get you featured on some uh, podcasts and things like that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andy Cabasso. Uh, on LinkedIn, I'm Andrew Cabasso because it mm. sounds more professional. Of course. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've also got a Facebook group that's uh, Grow Together SEO. I love that, Andrew. I love that. <laughs> I have a hate, I have a love hate relationship with LinkedIn, but that's not, that's not the story for another day. <laughs> I, I get, you know, you get so many cold outreach messages on LinkedIn asking if you need a developer internationally or a, an outsourced sales team. Uh, <laughs> I, I love LinkedIn. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So that, uh, this is great. I, I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I'm glad we got, to, got you able to get in here a little earlier than, than, um, than later. So <laughs> thank you for filling in. I appreciate you, man. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. And yeah, this is great. And yeah, we got a little Boston connection going on too. A little bit, a little bit there. So that's okay. awesome too. <laughs> Take care, everybody. That's all I have. Unless you have any, any final words before we get out of here, Andy? Um, have a great holiday season, everyone. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Take care. We'll see you on the next one. Um, you know, I, I, I do want you to, uh, before you get out of here, please, everybody go to the authority letter.com. I got some, cool videos that you are going to love. I think they're pretty cool. That will help you build your authority platform. Um, 
and simplify the simplify that in in a way that is 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 cool in in hip. I guess I'm, I'm I know what I'm saying, but it's it's they're they're fun. They're they're, they're and I think you'll understand it even more so. And do that and come back and, and watch this replay because and get advanced, get some deep dives as well from this particular episode. All right, take care. Remember, build it, share it, and they will come. And that's all I got to say for now. Take care, and I'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.